began to preach. And I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost began to fall. Hallelujah. And there were people who came running to give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Naked Pentecostalism. I'm your host, Isaac Coverstone. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Pentecostalism. I apologize for the length of time that has gone on since the last time I uh, published an episode. It's been, I don't even want to think about it, uh, months. And been mostly due to just personal circumstances. Uh, my girlfriend of the last uh, three years or so has officially moved in. Mostly because there was uh, some health issues she was going through and it just made sense that she had someone to kind of drive her around for medical appointments. And after we got things squared away with that, it it just kind of made sense to continue that arrangement. So on top of that, uh, I've kind of been scratching, digging to find a good topic. I don't necessarily want to just make an episode if, you know, for the sake of making another episode. I don't see uh, the point of consistent publication to me it's just pressure you know you got to release an episode every week every month no I I don't do that I I do an episode if I really feel like it's important and it's something that needs to be addressed so I did find a topic that was really fascinating and I think a lot of people are completely ignorant of it it's not a it's not a strictly Pentecostal um, topic but it is very relevant to the mindset and the uh, the average practice of how a, an average Pentecostal um, maintains their theology and how they how they think anyway. So I remember very clearly there was a lot of emphasis in the preaching when I was growing up when it, just the average interaction you would have on a on a day-to-day basis with with uh, most Pentecostals, they really pushed this concept of the name of Jesus having like some special power. You know, it it was probably more prevalent in my um, circle of influence because they were Jesus-only Pentecostals. They literally thought that the Trinity was this gross heresy and you know anybody that believed the trinity was going to hell so they took this idea to the extreme uh most christians i think have a great deal of respect for the for the name of their messiah that's understandable apostolic pentecostal oneness pentecostals they're going to take that a little further maybe a lot further so this more this topic more directly um, is aimed at that particular demographic. You know, these people that think Jesus is, is like this magic word that just has uh, incredible power. And, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on if you're praying for someone to be healed, if you're praying for someone to speak in tongues, you have to use the name Jesus. Like, it, it's... It's heavily emphasized in all of their their mindset. So you'll hear it very frequently in preaching. And anyway, so the topic is really simple. <laughs> Jesus is not the correct name for the Christian Messiah. 
Um, bear with me on this. It's kind of a mind blower if the first time you're hearing it. So everyone agrees that in Hebrew, uh, the correct name for Jesus was Yeshua. Um, this is this is not a matter of debate, right? Everyone sees this and goes, "Oh yeah, absolutely, it's Yeshua." And then they go directly to the King James version, and they're like, "It's Jesus." It says right here, you know, this is. And so they're completely fine with Jesus, you know, understanding that Hispanic um, language speakers are going to use Jesus. Okay, and they're cool with that. But there's, a, there's an extra link that they're missing, and that is Yeshua in Hebrew, directly translated to English, is Joshua. So technically speaking, they should be praying to Josh the Christ, you know, or just whatever. And here's here's the rationale behind this. Here's the here's the whole deep dive. Um, when the New Testament was written, it was written in Greek. Now in Greek, they have no letter H, so they couldn't just go Yeshua and transliterate it directly into Greek. It had to they had to come up with um, it's it's spelled I E S O U S, Jesus. And so that's that's perfectly fine. We're taking Hebrew into Greek, and nobody has a problem with that. There's no debates about that spelling or that pronunciation, that meaning, whatever. It's it's, it's fine. There's a little bit of variations here and there as far as you can you can spell that a little differently. You can you can whatever you know. It's not a big deal. And then when the Greek was translated into English. I'm not sure what the... You'd have to go into the history of Bible translation as far as why they didn't just go Hebrew straight to English instead of doing that double jump of Hebrew, Greek, and then Greek to English. It might have just been convenience. Um, But essentially, the I-E-S-O-U-S became I-E-S-U-S. And that spelling was maintained all the way up till, uh, I think the 1611 King James Bible. So they were they were not really differentiating between I and J. So in, in, in Old English, um, I and J frequently had the same sound. And it wasn't until the Swiss translated it, they said, hey, we're going to put a J in here because that just was logical. The Swiss being primarily German, you know, they <laughs> they have very logical phonetic spelling and so when the geneva bible was printed in 1769 it was primarily drafted by um protestants that were fleeing into switzerland and they used that same uh, spelling ever since then that same version of the name just kept getting copied and it became widespread so we're talking about three different changes or jumps for it to go from Yeshua, Iesus, uh, to Isis, and then Jesus. And it's the argument can be made that, yes, it's technically the same name. But, this is, again, this is my opinion, it's one thing to say, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the names of the apostles. Well, okay, it's not their actual names, their actual names were something in Greek, and I actually don't know what the Greek version of their their names were. But 
that's fine. You're going, you're going Greek to English, English to Greek. No, again, not a problem. But if you did um, the English name, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you took those names and you took them into German, and then you translated from German into you know Russian, and then you took the Russian spelling and you moved back into Greek, now you've got a name that's unrecognizable by a Greek speaker <laughs> as something that we would take that name in Greek and then go directly to English again. You can only jump so many times between languages without losing that original um, spelling and, and, and pronunciation and, and it becomes something completely different, something new. If you make that leap too many times, it just you're, you're bastardizing the word. Yeah, people are going to disagree with me on this, but that's my case. I think this is just a case of massive ignorance on the case of a lot of in a lot of Christians that they are not even aware of this. And on top of that, you know, the Bible printers, the people translating, they maintain the spelling because they didn't want to confuse people. They're not even going for accuracy. Or they would just go Hebrew straight to English and say, guess what? It's Josh the Christ. It's... it's <laughs> You know, it's Joshua Christ. That's that's the correct name of um, the Messiah, so to speak. Anyway, I, I just thought that was a fascinating history lesson, and I I really wanted to share it. And it, I, I think I wanted to share it because it's going to screw with the heads of everyone that's a strict fundamentalist that has no, they have no like flexibility in, in how they think about the Bible and how they think about uh, the name of Jesus and they put so much emphasis on the name having special powers. You know, I, I, if I had a dime for every time I heard a preacher get up and they scream, you know, every knee will bow and, and they will confess that Jesus is Lord. And they're getting the name wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, every knee will bow and confess that Joshua is, is the one true God. <laughs> so, I'm really just getting a giggle out of this uh, concept because, again, my background, um, there there was was just so much overemphasis on this concept of, of this name having special power and ability. So there you go, Uh, Josh the Christ. That's that's my case. If you disagree, you know, I'd love to hear it. Shoot a comment off. Uh, feel free to drop by Facebook, Instagram page. You know, I'm going to put links to all my social media. And uh, I'd love to see more interaction. If you like the podcast, if you want to get new episodes, send me some ideas. That's the big thing. Um, I do have other ideas brewing, but I am always interested in uh, what you guys want to hear and, and what, what you think is really important. What are some good topics we want to cover? And uh, that's, yeah, that's about all I've got to cover. Nice and short episode this time. I'll try to make the next episode quicker, but no promises. Um, anyway, that's all I had. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Oh, you can say it better than that. Say it again. All right, listen to the question now. Can God deliver a dope addict? Can God deliver a homosexual? Can God heal?
שכינה. 